this is Dallas Stevens, your host of the Strive Podcast. What's up, guys? I'm here to bring you knowledge and true stories from some amazing people relating to all things health, fitness, wellness, beauty, and just overall life experiences. Strive means to make great efforts to achieve something, so let's do that today. Here we go. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Strive Podcast. If you follow me on social media, you'll probably notice that I'm in Africa right now and I'm with my boyfriend's family. We're probably having the best time. Hopefully we're alive. Canoeing with hippos. (laughs) Yeah, We found out today we're canoeing with hippos. So hopefully I come back and there's more episodes of the Strive Podcast. (laughs) Uh, But I thought it'd be a great opportunity to actually have my boyfriend on for an episode. He is a singer-songwriter born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. He is charming, handsome. He told me to say that. Uh, (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. I'm waving my hand to keep going. Um, And I just sent out a, we we both did on our stories, a little questionnaire that any of you might have questions for him. So this isn't really going to be an episode that's more about storytelling. It's going to be answering any questions that you guys had for him on our relationship, on his music, on his past, all of that stuff. So welcome, Levi Hummin. Oh, thanks for having me. You're so welcome. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, um, I was forced into this, everybody. My girlfriend made me do this. <laughs> I would never accept this many questions ever from her, ever. So, And he doesn't even know the questions yet. He hasn't really seen. He screenshot it and then sent it to me, but um, this will all be kind of as we go. Just I'm not spot. prepared is basically what she's saying. Pretty much. Yep. Exactly. So this is going to be strange. Why I am I know. nervous? Are you uh, nervous? I like do this all the time and I'm like nervous for some reason. I feel like I'm just interviewing you <laughs> <laughs> and we're not talking like we normally do. We'll probably loosen up halfway through. Let's do it. All right, cool. So we'll start at uh, the beginning. we got a lot of these questions, a lot of similar questions, um, basically about us. So I'll start with the basic ones and then get into the juicy details. Oh, God. How did we meet? How do we meet? Uh, we met online on a dating app. Mm-hmm. Are you going to answer this question with me? No, this you is, answer. This is a mutual. Yeah, this will be mutual. Um, So I have been going through a breakup and COVID hit. And so I really wasn't meeting anybody, wasn't meeting any girls. And so I joined a dating app for my first ever dating app. It's called Raya. And Dallas was the first girl I matched with on Raya. She mm-hmm. was the first girl that messaged me back. <laughs> She was the first girl that I FaceTime, first girl that I FaceTime dated with. Mm-hmm. She's the first girl I met up with after. And when I picked her up from the airport, I was in love immediately. Oh. Um, I wanted to say it like the second I saw you, but I was too nervous and I knew you probably wouldn't say it back. <laughs> um, but when I picked her up from the airport, that's when we first met. Yeah. I'll I'll say my version of how we met. Too. I do it to it. <laughs> so I was on the dating app for maybe two years after being in L.A., um, zero successes with it. <laughs> it was horrible and deleted it and redownloaded it many times because I was so fed up with it. Anyone that has a dating app knows that you just constantly go back and forth and delete it, but then you get bored and redownload it. So then COVID hit, redownloaded it, and then FaceTimed, matched with him. And actually, I was in Arizona with my friends, and they, my girlfriend was asking me. The true story behind this is that Dallas didn't even actually swipe on me. Her it, friend swiped her on friend, me. Her <laughs> <or> my friend. <laughs> yeah, she she was like, oh, I want to see what it looks like. I go, oh, go for it. You know, it's a dud. 
I don't have never met anyone that's great on there. And so she was swiping. She goes, oh, he's cute and showed me Levi. And so, oh, oh yeah, he really is. And at that point, Raya had expanded. So I wasn't just meeting people in L.A. They expanded it so you can talk to anyone in Australia, across the country, wherever, because I think everyone was just online dating at that point. So they had to grow it. Thank goodness. Right. So if COVID never happened, we really never would have met. 100%. Which is wild. The other thing is that, I mean, I wasn't on the road. I wasn't meeting other people. It was like the perfect timing. Mm-hmm. For us, I mean, I think of like true love and then I think of, wow, timing has so much to do with like meeting the person you're meant to be with. Mm-hmm. Because if everything didn't happen how it happened, we would have never met one and then we would have never been in the position where we, to be in the relationship we're in. Right. Yeah. First impression. Well, you already just said your first impression of me. Well... When I first started talking to Dallas, I looked her up and I found out she was like 5'9". <laughs> and I'm like a hard 5'10 and a half. I call myself 5'11", but I'm like 5'10 and a half. Yeah, but you I were was, telling me you were 5'11". I had never dated a girl that was taller than like 5'3 in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. And so I was like, what is it going to be like dating a girl that's like almost as tall as I am? Um, and so when I found out she was 5'9", I was actually on a hike with my buddy Chase and I was hiking my dog, Loretta, our dog, Loretta. Mm-hmm. And every girl that would come up to talk to Loretta, I was like, how tall are you? Can I like see how tall I am compared to you? Oh my God. <laughs> and so we're sitting on this trail, like walking the dog. And I was like, can I like just compare how tall I am to you? You're, and we met somebody that was like, exactly 5'9". And I was like a hard two inches taller than them. So I was like, all right, this is, this is going to work out. <laughs> That's hilarious. I remember you kept saying, so I don't think you know like my height. And I go, what do you mean? And I was expecting him to be five six or something and he just kept saying just don't don't imagine me super tall <laughs> like what i was so Is nervous i know and so my first impression general actually like my first thought when i got out of the airplane and then you picked me up and you walked up to me i go oh no he's not that short i instantly was <laughs> thinking you were gonna be well i set the expectations really low oh, okay. on a lot of levels yeah so. yeah i just that's hilarious. Also, height doesn't even matter. I really don't care. I care a you, little bit. You can't be taller than me. Every time the she guys like, care more than the girls yeah. Every time care. we go out and she's wearing heels, she's always like a hot, hot bit taller than me. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, can you just like bend down a little bit? You just need some tall boots. <laughs> I know. I don't look good in boots. Yes, you do. Nope. Uh huh. I like, I like my Vans. I'm a Vans man. True Nashville men don't wear big boots. I feel like right or no. Uh yeah, that's pretty much accurate. I mm-hmm. think like cowboy hats and boots are not obviously a vibe for us because we're city city slicks yeah i don't know i feel like it's just a stereotype now it you is. don't even own a cowboy hat no but i love to wear them does your dad yes he owns one yeah, yeah. <laughs> so music quest oh wait no there's another question about us someone asked what is our favorite thing to do together should we answer this on three and see if we yep. get the same answer okay three, three two, two one, one. eat, eat. <laughs> <laughs> duh duh uh, you you elaborate on that oh we just love going out to eat it's our favorite thing we even have our own breakfast burrito rating list so breakfast burritos are our favorite food to eat in the morning and so we go around nashville and try all the possible breakfast burrito places and then rate them on a scale of one to ten you know what we should announce right here and do oh my gosh is that so my dad constantly calls us the best fed couple in nashville (laughs) and so we're going to start our own little instagram page called best fed couple Mm mm-hmm and basically promote all the food that we eat and just talk about it and i think like for us it's like it's always an experience because i feel like we just have like the best conversations over food yeah 
And yeah. not only that is that we like love to talk about food and, and talking about food is like talking about life and it's talking about culture and it's talking about so many different things. So mm-hmm. I always love just like having a great meal with you. It's, it, it's what always like defines like a great night for oh, me yeah. at least. And all the restaurants in Nashville are growing there. It's just constant. I feel right. like we can't keep up with the amount of new places here. Can't afford it. I can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be a fitness trainer that you know, my body is my business card. So I'm like, I can't really go out to eat every day. I'll say this is I'm, I'm not fat. I'm just well fed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Eating is our favorite thing to do together. We love we're kind of binge watching Law and Order SVU as well. We love going to the gym, my gym on Sundays because no one else is there. So we blast our music as loud as possible and have a little two hour workout. Um, and really, it's sure. actually just Loretta running around us for hours yeah. yeah loretta loves it too and then we kind of just dawdle on our phones too and get videos yeah i don't know there's a lot of stuff we like to do together i love also um when you come out to golf with me mm-hmm. oh yeah that's one of my favorite things that's- is watching you golf even though she's she doesn't golf ever and she's already better than me <laughs> which is like so unfair because she's so athletic it's just like it's unreal <laughs> You're dating a tall athletic girl now, yep. so you gotta you gotta deal with it. Also, all your your entire family is good at golf, so it's in your blood. Mm-hmm. The, I want Mike and Jeremy to hear this that they should have raised you to be the golfer because you'd be the number one golfer on the LPGA. Like I'm dead serious. You you, so? you would just have been so good for golf. <laughs> you could have been so rich and oh like just raking it in as a golfer. Oh, but now I'm just a podcaster. Now you're just a podcaster <laughs> with an amazing boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and a cute pup and a cute pup i'm good with that honestly oh yeah. one day maybe it's never too late okay it's too in, late for you i'm sorry is it yep. <laughs> <laughs> i don't even think i have the patience to be a good golfer to be honest i think that's yeah. after a few holes i get bored the, so Mi- the mike stevens in, in you her dad is will get gets pretty frustrated i think you mm-hmm. start bashing your clubs we both get frustrated if we're not good at things so i think it's just <laughs> i know i'm good at fitness and I'm good at talking, so yep. that's that's where I'm going with my path. <laughs> Another question. In future music videos, will I ever be featured in any? She asked this question of everybody. I just want everybody to know this. I didn't ask this. <laughs> I texted someone to ask this. Uh, you kidding. will Yay. obviously be in my music videos. I you already were, was one. Yeah. One. So almost all my songs are about you at some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the good Except taste. the breakup songs. Yeah, but even if like in the breakup songs, I kind of just like close my eyes and imagine you gone, and that's like the breakup song for me. Oh, um, that's actually kind of true. That's Remember sad. that one fight we had, and then I wrote that song like that was literally just about like imagining you not being there. Yeah, it was, called, was it called "If I If I Can Make You Cry." Oh yes, oh my gosh, it's a good song. So I like wrote the song called "If I Can Make You Cry." Um, it's unreleased, but um, I like went to the gym, and you were like super busy, and I couldn't get your attention, and I was like kind of bummed that I was like you're so busy and I can't like have a conversation with you right now. And I walked away and I was like, man, it would suck if I couldn't even make Dallas cry, if I couldn't even get her to talk to me. And so that's what the song's about. But you kind of like put yourself in these worlds where you like imagine a different reality. And for me, that's like every, you're like inspiring everything right now. Mm-hmm. The good and the bad. The good and the bad. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Imagine if you so broke my heart, how many great songs I would oh get. Oh my gosh. I know. I was <laughs> like, if you ever run out of ideas, I could fake break up with you for a week and see what comes out. But I won't do that. Please don't do that. That'd be so sad. Now, now I'm all sad. Now no! I'm about to, about to go write a sad song. Now. I would never do that. <laughs> oh, that's so terrible. Will we, another question, will we stay in Nashville? Yes. I think, I yeah, think. Nashville is like my roots. Um, I've tried to move away, but my entire business is here. My entire family's here. Um, I will always have a house here for sure. Mm-hmm. I want 
my goals have multiple places because I, I'm kind of a beach person. I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like I thrive by the beach. Um, and even like in Nashville, sometimes I get like vertigo thinking I'm like, there's no water anywhere near me. I have to go eight, eight hours to go to the ocean. Right. And for some reason, like the ocean is my horizon and I just need it in my life. Mm-hmm. So just kind of bust butt here and then go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking know, like or... Charleston, maybe. Um, yeah. Not LA. Not LA. Mm-mm. I like LA, but I like it for work. I don't love it for right living. Yeah. And plus my family's moving here in the next year, probably. So yeah. I have always, I mean, ever since I moved away seven years ago, it's just been such a pain in the butt to go back to my hometown to see my family. I've missed Christmas. I've missed birthdays. So like, I just don't want to be away from them again. Just it kind of put things into perspective of how life is short and what really matters when life stops is being next to your family. I think everyone kind of realized that and moved around and moved back home. And so I just don't see myself moving away permanently from Nashville once they get here. Right. Yeah. It's just too precious. I think also Nashville, I mean, it's just the perfect time to be here right now and it's hard to move away. Mm-hmm. It has everything. So right. like we can have a house with a yard, but still be 10 minutes from the city. Right. And have space. Um, and the food is getting so good. The food is so freaking good. Back mm-hmm. to the food. Ah, food. <laughs> the one thing we talk about. <laughs> Every All segue is back to food. <laughs> I went to dinner with my buddy Sam last night and we, all we talked about was food. Oh, we yeah. were eating food, talking about food. And like, <laughs> it was just, it's too much. I like this, the awkward silence. People just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Are they making out? <laughs> Come over here, baby. <laughs> Okay. What's our favorite places in Nashville? So maybe what's our favorite our places? Our favorite places. As in like food? we agree. <laughs> Back to food. I'm wondering is it food or is it are we talking about like going out? Let's start with let's each name three restaurants that are our favorite okay. and then going out we'll name three. Okay. Okay. You, you first. Start. No, you first. Darn it. <laughs> favorite Okay, favorite sushi in Nashville is Oku. Okay, even though it's from Charleston, but yes. Oh, yeah, but there's only two, so that's hands down favorite sushi. Love um, Urban Grub for brunch and dinner. It's Mm -hmm. great. It's like one of a kind. It's in 12 South, so it's walkable to a lot of other things and really nice. Who showed you that restaurant? You. That's my favorite originally, so Mm -hmm. that's on my list too. Yep, and then... You love Bar Taco. Oh, Bar Taco is great too. Yeah. Yep. Just went there last night. Best margarita I've ever had in my life. For me, um, I was so surprised with Folk. Yeah. Remember that restaurant? Yeah. And so I think it's over in East Nashville and they have this amazing muscle dish. And like you basically, we talked to the waiter there and she was like, I have this insider information for you. Finish your muscles. I'm going to leave the muscle like juice. That sounds so gross, but <laughs> it's okay. Bear with me. So they like left it on the table and they're like dip the pizza in it. And we got this like specific like white seasoning like pizza. It was like pizza, yeah. which sounded so strange. It is it was the best culinary experience of my entire life. Uh-huh. It was so good. Yeah. Um so that was amazing. So Folk is up there. And then I just went to a place called Henrietta Red last night and had the best gnocchi of my entire life. Oh, I gotta go. I haven't been there yet. I'll take you. Don't worry. But I swear I just, I just think Germantown and East Nashville have the best restaurants right now. Yeah. They're, and they're always popping up another one. But I think going out wise, our favorite thing is flamingo. 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 Again, just went there last night. It's super fun. It's a local known place. There's not a lot of the thing is in Nashville, there's 
bachelorette parties all the time and all these tourists and I'm not a big fan of touristy places so I love finding the places that only locals really know about and it's a little more tame and not so crazy yeah that's flamingo and then walking distance from there is never never which is really fun too taking all my spots I'm sorry (laughs) we haven't been yet but I've been to Rudy's Jazz Bar Mm-hmm. And it's, I love jazz and I love yeah. that little, that's kind of a little more local too. It's not so crazy. I feel like I don't really go out that much anymore, mm-hmm. but when I'm out, it's like red door losers. I mean, midtown, <laughs> midtown. Yeah. yeah. But I, I honestly, like when I'm out, it's food, <laughs> it's food. food. And, um, I also, I haven't, we haven't gone together yet, but, um, like the bluebird cafe and going to writer's rounds is, is awesome. Oh yeah. And just getting to play those is always fun. Mm-hmm. because I feel like it's just such a Nashville experience. And every time you like take somebody that's never been to a writer's round, they're always like, what is this? Yeah. Um, and I think it's a better version and more authentic version than a lot of like country music you ever listen to is hearing the songwriters actually perform the songs they wrote. I never knew until I moved here that the people that sing the songs, the artists don't actually come up with the songs. And yeah. I never, well, some do, but under some, but I never understood that, there's actual songwriters and they don't even perform. Right. I thought that it always went hand in hand. Well, the thing is like as a Nashvilleian, like you take it for granted sometimes, like you take it for granted that you walk down Broadway and there's just an amazing band everywhere. You like just, you're so oversaturated with great music and great songs and just the process of songwriting that you don't really understand that people basically out of the six one five area code don't understand what happens here. And so it's kind of like the best version of Nashville is getting to understand the music Right. And I think for me, it's like whenever I show somebody or tell somebody about Nashville, I'm always like, you have to know Nashville and to know music in general, you have to just like understand like the songwriters. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a son of a songwriter, I think it's just such an important part of like our history and like what makes Nashville so different and special. Yeah. Another thing I love about Nashville, other than the music um, and even being out at a restaurant or a place that it just has music everywhere, is that it's a combination of nice fancy bougie you can dress up but then you can also go to santa's pub and sing karaoke in the same night all within five minutes of each other yeah and it has that mixture have you gone to santa's pub no (laughs) because that's not (laughs) a place i would necessarily recommend but no i would say fun if if you're 2 a.m and very very intoxicated it's so fun and then it's a it's a little small and kind of dingy for Mm -hmm. me but Mm -hmm. it's pretty pretty wild be a fun thing to try yeah yeah. We should do that, by the way. I know. I don't we know live right there. <laughs> we live like a block away. We drive by all the time. But yeah, that's something I love is because it's like I've lived in LA and Chicago and there's always that bougie scene. And I kind of like that, but I also love being grounded and coming from a small town and having those little intimate bars too. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's all about. And you look good in all those outfits too. <laughs> you look good bougie. You look good dressed down. Thanks. What was it like growing up with your family? Ooh. Growing up with my family? Mm-hmm. Um, I have the most interesting family, I think, in the world. <laughs> I know. Uh, my mom's a preacher. Uh, my dad's a songwriter. My dad wrote songs like Blessed Broken Road, Cowboy Take Me Away, and my mom started an organization in town called Thistle Farms. And what Thistle Farms is, is a place where women with a history of drug abuse and prostitution, uh, they go to find refuge, and then they also find employment. And so they make bath and body care products and healing oils and all this amazing stuff. Um, and so I grew up in that environment of the creative environment, but also um, 
the social entrepreneurial environment with my mom and through the church. So definitely interesting, like upbringing, but, um, I think my parents just raised me to like love people. And I think my parents raised me and my brothers to be creative. And beyond that, I just, I think I have a really unique perspective of the world because my parents really like implemented travel and getting to explore the world as part of like how we were going to be raised. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to Africa. We might be in Africa right now. I don't know when this is airing, yes. but I got to go to Africa five or six times growing up and it changed my entire perspective of the world. Like little things that like, I think bug some people like money and like all this stuff. Like I have a really bad perspective on money and Dallas knows this is one of our little things, <laughs> but it's because I think that I just saw people with no money be so happy. And I'm like, what matters to me? And this is through my parents is like giving to others what matters to me is prioritizing other people's feelings. What matters to me is loving people unconditionally. And like, that's, those are the important points in my life. And that's what my parents taught me. Mm-hmm. I probably am going to gain a lot from this trip. I'm of, gonna come of weight back. or <laughs> <laughs> that too. You said you gain weight in Africa because yeah. you just eat so much. Um, but it's just so ironic because people don't understand that, but they like just like feed you so much rice and like chicken that you like just like literally just like bulk up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, continue. But I just think, yeah, when it comes to the perspective of your perspective of money and mine, I've never grown up rich or anything. I've always been kind of middle class, always having to work, you know, just busting my butt to get by and all of that. So I've never really gotten that perspective of it's fine. You right. know, it's always kind of just trying to keep my head above water. So I'm really excited to go there and maybe just see a different kind of life and, yeah. and learn what you've been talking about. Cause you think money, you, you know, money is important to survive and all that, but it's not your goal in right. life. And it's not, which is great. I always admire you for that. <laughs> That's a lie. But <laughs> I do want to make sure we have a good house. <laughs> what girl doesn't want a nice house? Hey, I want a nice house too. I'm yeah. just saying that I think it's always an eye-opening experience to experience another person's culture. Mm-hmm. And I think Americans just like, and it's just like who we are. It's like we're we're raised by a capitalist, and like what you want is you want to like succeed, and it drives so much industry, and it's amazing. But also, like we lose perspective that other people don't necessarily think like that. Mm-hmm. All the cities, there's neighborhoods, and so you're driving, you're seeing your neighborhood you're comparing it to that neighborhood to that new house that just went up by those cars and so being in an area in africa where we're not going to have any of that right that no one can compare because some of the people there don't even have phones they don't have we're going to these places called suedos which are basically like shanty towns Mm -hmm. basically if you ever seen like um we're going to be staying in like nice parts of the city sometimes but we are driving into this one place i think it's called swaziland in south africa and basically what we'll be seeing is like 10 roof houses and just 10 on 10 on 10 with, and then we're visiting hospice patients with AIDS. So mm-hmm. circling to one thing real quick, I have performed for people like Keith Urban and Lady A and Tim McGraw, like the most amazing things in the entire world. My favorite experience ever in my entire life as a musician was performing No Woman, No Cry for a woman dying of AIDS in her bed and like seeing her smile and sing it back to me for like the first time. Oh my goodness. And it just changed my life as like an artist because I was like, music can heal people and bring joy. And that to me was just such a long lasting, like just memory that I'm never going to forget. Um, so things like that just change your entire life. And it, you, I hope we go to Africa and like you have one of those experiences where you're just like, that. this is going to move me in the direction 
beyond making money, beyond like being successful. It's just like why mm-hmm. I do this. Why, like you are a personal trainer. Obviously, your whole thing is like make people better. Right. But I hope you take something away from it. That's oh, amazing. I like think that. I will. I'll probably come back and delete Instagram and <laughs> for a day. <laughs> And be a completely different. No, person. we're getting the best social media content ever in Africa. Oh, yeah. That is happening. I'm. I don't care. I'm. I'm a sellout. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like. We just had a family meeting about Africa right before this. Right. And his mom, two things. She was just saying that make sure that we get all the content. Someone go get a GoPro. Um. And then she's sad because the new strand of uh, COVID, they're not allowing alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, we need to make sure we get booze. Lord knows you can't travel we, sober. Yeah. <laughs> she got us all flasks. <laughs> and she's a preacher. So it'll be a very humble trip, but it'll also be really fun. Yeah. And we'll make sure that we get content and show, can show you guys what we experienced. Too. Yeah. It'll be great. So also back to the question what of we eat. growing up. And yeah, what we <laughs> eat. Back to growing up with your family. Uh, talk about the women that your mom rescued and and housed and growing up with women in your home yeah um that's a huge part of who i am i think and so my mom started like i said thistle farms and the women that she so at first thistle farms was just a place where it's two-year program for women to get clean and sober and then they would go back and do uh the like just normal life but what my mom was finding out is these women have hundreds of arrests on their record they're addicts and so you put an addict with a hundred arrests that's clean and sober for two years back out into the wild. And what's going to happen is they're going to relapse because they can't get a job. And the only way to make money is to go work a trick and go sell their bodies. And so what my mom did at first was she just employed them as our nannies and our house cleaning ladies and just employed them at our literal residence, our house. And so I was raised by these women, like the first graduating class of Thistle Farms um, were my straight up nannies, my second mom's. And so I was raised by these like really incredible women, like incredible. But also I was like, it's a lot of information happening at mm-hmm. a young age too with that. Um, Did you ever see anything any like drug use or? Yes. I mean, yeah. right by our house where we live now, it's like, it's definitely been like, it's totally changed that area. But Nolensville used to be a place where my mom would go with me and my brothers to hand out pamphlets to prostitutes to say, hey, come get clean and sober. Um, there was this one memory. I mean, my mom probably doesn't want me <laughs> saying this stuff, but uh, where we had to pick up a lady off the street. And I remember part of like when you do like drugs like meth, it like messes with your mouth. And mm-hmm. so like the first thing they had to do is like go get dentist work a lot of times. And I just remember like picking up this lady from the dentist office and her mouth just being like crazy bloody and all this mm-hmm. stuff like that. And like she was going through some kind of like withdrawals and it just like it scared the living crap out of me. Oh, yeah. But stuff like that like really changed <laughs> me as a person too. <laughs> Um, but also it was amazing seeing my mom say, I see a problem. I see a problem that women that have this, like, are have just like a lot of these women also were raped between the ages of like six and 14, like almost every single one of these people. And so they don't trust men. They don't trust anybody. Um, so seeing my mom just say like, there's a problem. Women get clean and sober. They're like, they're totally capable of anything. But because of their arrest records and all that stuff, they can't get jobs. So I'm going to get a place where they can work. And so she was like, I'm going to make candles. And so she started with one candle on the back of a table in the back of a church. 
and it turned into a multi-million dollar facility here in Nashville now. I mean, she's just turned it into, she walks the walk, mm-hmm. whereas a lot of people just walk and talk. Yeah. And it's sold at places like, it's Whole Foods. Right. It's, I mean, everywhere in Nashville, all the boutiques here. Right. Um, it's really grown. But I watched fast. just like, I watched my mom heal a village. I mean, that's just what mm-hmm. she did here in Nashville. And there is no doubt in my mind that the growth of Nashville and the success of Nashville is not correlated heavily to my mom's success mm-hmm. and the success of Thistle Farms. Yeah. Because it's actually an old African adage. It's that if you heal the women, you heal the village. And so that's what happened. It's amazing. Oh, she's awesome. I want her on my podcast. I bet you can make that happen. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so another question. Could you have gotten to where you are in music if your dad wasn't who he is? Hmm. I actually also get, I'll link this with another question I get from people in person is, do you, um, do you ever feel like you're in his shadow Yeah. in a negative way? That's kind of a double question. I feel like yeah. in one, um, so have, could you have gotten to where you are in music if your dad wasn't who he is first? Yeah. So because of my dad, there was just straight up guitars around the house. And instead of going and watching TV or playing video games, I would just pick up a guitar when I was bored. Um, and then also thanks to my dad, my perspective of performing music was performing songs that you write. So writing songs um, was the reason I fell in love with music. It's the reason I did music. Um, and I think first and foremost in my life, I'm a songwriter before an artist. Um, and I just love the creation of songs. Mm -hmm. Do you think that you were ever in your dad's shadow in a negative way? Um, (laughs) I think, I don't think it's negative. I think that I need to give credit where credit is due. I mean, my dad is an amazing songwriter Mm -hmm. and, um, he's an incredible, um, mentor for me. He's also a person that I trust to play songs for and give me feedback. But I've also spent a lot of my career differentiating, differentiating myself from my dad and carving my own path. And if you listen to me as a songwriter in my artistry, it's just completely different. I mean, if you listen to one of my dad's songs and versus my songs, they're just completely two different types of music. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I love, and I'm proud to be my dad's son. Yeah. And if I go on the road, Pretty much after I leave Nashville, people don't put Marcus Hummond and Levi Hummond and understand that he's my father. For some reason, like it just doesn't connect. Right. And so whenever I do say it on the road or say like, hey, my dad wrote Blessed Broken Road. And they're always like, oh, my God, that's your dad. And so I think that alone kind of speaks to my kind of uh, the shadow I live under, which for me, it's more just he is such an amazing influence, but he's not my career. Who's a better songwriter, you or your dad? My dad. <laughs> For now. Yeah. <laughs> I say, if he's listening to this, you better say that. <laughs> no, I I love writing songs, but um, my dad lives and breathes it for sure. Mm-hmm. And he's always so good. Both of your parents are so good about do whatever makes you happy. Don't go for just money. Like Go for your passion. And your brothers aren't even in music. They're right. in art. And Moses is still going to school and figuring out his path. And that's what I love about your family. Everyone is just on their own path and doing what they love. And that's what matters. And it's, yeah. it's not about taking over the family business or, you know, going to medical school so you can have money. It's right. They wish I went to medical school though. <laughs> <laughs> like, can we have one son that, that is... makes a lot, a lot of money? <laughs> yeah. No, I, um, I'm, I'm so blessed to be raised by my dad and in that family because they raised me, my brothers to, they said one thing. They said, you guys have to play a sport, do well in school, and then pick up an instrument. Uh, but he never 
push me to do music. He wasn't like, you need to go be a songwriter. I kind of found that completely by myself. Mm-hmm. And at one time I was like, Hey Dak, you help me be a songwriter. And he was like, no, <laughs> he's like, you gotta go live. You gotta go do it. You gotta go. He obviously like taught me stuff, but he didn't push me to be a professional songwriter. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about quitting songwriting? Every day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think that w- part of music is just like doubting yourself. And I think it's also riding the highs and being like, I'm the shit. But somewhere in the middle of that is a great song. And I think that's what makes me kind of keep going. Mm-hmm. And any creative career, I feel like, is just always up and down. There is right. no straight line. This is what's going to happen, whether it's modeling or being an artist or being an actor or a musician. There's so many high highs and low lows, and especially after last year. And just having that passion is what's going to keep you going. And, right. and just knowing that that's it's no, going to happen. I'm... I'm extremely passionate. I mean, I feel like songwriting is like, I don't choose it. It chooses me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I can't do anything else. You're so good at it, but it's, it's just what I love. And the other thing is that like, even if you doubt yourself, which is totally normal, I think it's like really important to just realize that as part of ambition. Like yeah. when you have really, really high goals and you're really competitive, you're going to let yourself down a little bit. And that's totally fine. Definitely. I remember being on the driveway. I was visiting my family from LA and with modeling, I was out there. I was getting rejected left and right. I met with maybe 10 agencies in LA. They all rejected me. I was struggling and I remember just being on the driveway with them standing over me and me just crying saying, forget it. I'm just going to quit and become a medical device sales girl. And (laughs) I don't even know why. (laughs) Zero interest in that. And then it was, it was like, even saying that just made me sick to my stomach thinking of actually quitting and because I knew it just didn't feel right. Quitting would be the worst decision that I could possibly do because even though it's tough, knowing that that factor of quitting and giving up on something because it's tough would be so much worse than sticking through all the no's and sticking through the weeks of not having a paycheck. Right. Yeah. And one thing I say to you is that like when you're stressed out, I say, Hey Dallas, remember to enjoy the ride because you are chasing your dream. And what's the fun of chasing your dream if you're going to be down on yourself or something. And you mm-hmm. say that to me too. I mean, it's just so important to just like realize it's like, this is my dream. This is what I want more than anything in the world. And we're on this path together. You and me, at least. I mean, I'm, I feel like yeah. you're my biggest support system and I'm honored when I get to be yours, mm-hmm. like going to Dick's sporting goods and seeing your beautiful face. <laughs> so hot. So <laughs> <laughs> that cardboard piece is so Oof. hot. <laughs> so what actually just happened on this podcast, speaking of tough times, we were just talking and all of a sudden I looked to the left and the podcast stopped recording and we go, oh my God, how long has it not been recording? <laughs> so we're actually redoing this. So uh, Levi knows this whole past week I've had. I said, lucky I'm your boyfriend. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, man, this is, you know, I don't even mind redoing it because I love talking. I love doing my podcast. Um, but even I'm making my online program and he sees me just struggling with my computer and all these technology issues I've been having. But you know what? I love it and it's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Not Dallas is it's amazing. Death of me. Um, yeah. I mean, the funny thing is that you asked me the same questions, just a couple of these, and mm-hmm. we have a couple more to. But I feel do. like my, I, I I feel like I've totally 
change my answers <laughs> i know <laughs> i think it's like, completely different <laughs> probably there's no way you can redo it twice. i know but i'm just saying like, like it's amazing getting asked those questions especially about my family because it's just like there's so much information there mm-hmm. oh yeah do you have any advice for anyone wanting to pursue songwriting if i had to give somebody advice and i get this question a lot it's moved to nashville i mean this is where all the best songwriters in the entire world are and um, if you want to be competitive and you want to be professional, then you got to come to the place where the best are. And the best thing you can do is you can be here, you can learn, you can go sit and co-write and learn how to write songs with other people and co- collaborate. So yeah, I moved to Nashville. And then also this past year, like one of the best things I did was I got to write by myself because of COVID. And, and we did this thing where you like, you would write with other writers on Zoom. But after about a month of that, I was like, I hate this so, so, so much. I hate mm-hmm. writing on Zoom. It's like the most <laughs> uninspiring thing. So I got to like really fall in love with writing by myself again and finding my voice for the first time. Um, and because of that, honestly, I signed that brand new big spanking deal with Reservoir. Woohoo. And um, so, yeah, I would say writing by yourself, it's not, you might suck and it, it might suck. Like it sucks sometimes, but do it. It's yeah. it's worth it. And it's it's worth it just to explore ideas, explore your mind and work out that muscle. And the other thing you said before this stopped recording was to be the worst writer in the room. Yeah. Which I think is a really good piece of advice, not only for songwriting, but for any career. Yeah. Honestly. I think like if you're going out to model, like be, mm-hmm. if you're with, if you are the worst model or whatever in the room, probably won't get booked again. <laughs> yeah. Probably won't get booked again. No, but I think but like, you learn. if you surround yourself with amazing talent, the only thing you can do is absorb it. Mm-hmm. It's like if I'm out there playing golf with my buddies and I'm the worst golfer that well, it's, oh, it's every time. But I'm learning something because mm-hmm. I'm learning. I'm like, Aaron's out there telling me, and he, Aaron's my buddy who's really good at golf. But he's like telling me how to like adjust my swing, do this and this, yeah. and like stuff I would never know. And to me, it's like songwriting is a muscle. It's like you got to work it out. You got to learn. You got to absorb and you got to be inspired. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a blessing. Yeah. And I've been on jobs before where, you know, I've been modeling for seven years. I've done e com campaigns, all the things. And so you can always kind of tell when someone's just getting started with it. And I remember I was even shooting a couple months ago doing e-com and the girl just started was just, I mean, maybe modeled for a couple months and I could tell she was doing the poses I was doing. It was like watching me and learning. And I love that. So we sat down for lunch and she was just asking me all these questions on my past and how you learn and how you get better at it. And I think it's so humble and so amazing when people do that instead of, her being at competition with me right. or one up me right. in order to look better for the client. It's just so much better in any career to just ask for help. If you ever need it, admit like you're just starting yeah. out, admit that, you know, maybe well, you aren't as good as you want to be. One be day. a sponge. Don't be yeah. the freaking, the, don't yeah. be a competitor. Like exactly. just like honestly absorb and like, um, and I still do like every, every day, like I go into a co-write and I, I bring an idea. You know this about me. I always have a, an idea. Every time I go to a write, um, I'm always prepared. I always do the research on the people. But also, I go in there and if somebody is like really adamant about something and doesn't matter who they are, where they come from, like I'm open to listen. I'm open to understand. And I, I'm open to learning. Mm-hmm. Because every write, every single time you create, you're, you're collaborating. And collaborating means creating something together. Right. And so that's how it should be. Yeah. And so totally right though like be the sponge (laughs) be the sponge be spongebob spongebob all right another question advice for people moving to nashville don't (laughs) stop moving here i just told you guys move here but i lied don't (laughs) um no i i think that if you're gonna move to nashville 
make sure to move and buy really nice houses in the Berry Hill location so my house price goes up. <laughs> the value of my house goes up. But also, <laughs> totally joking, and I don't live there for any of my super fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I didn't mean super. I actually love my super fans. Come say, hey, I meant the crazy people out there. <laughs> Just don't <laughs> stalk us. Right, I'm going to re-answer this question. Don't. I'm not editing that out. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm staying in there. <laughs> um, no, but what I would say to somebody moving to Nashville is is come here and appreciate Nashville for Nashville. Like, it's so much more than Broadway. It's so much more than getting drunk. There's so many awesome things to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, and support, like, musicians. Go out. Go listen to songs. Go do and help Nashville stay cool and stay Nashville. Yeah. I love it. Instead of just picturing it as one big bachelorette party. Yep. Actually get down, like research where the locals go. Right. Research the best food that's outside of Broadway. Honestly, you know like I mean? even if you're on a bachelorette party, mm-hmm. you should go see a show. Exactly. Yeah. The end. Absolutely. The end. All right. Six <laughs> questions left. This one's for both of us. The biggest lessons we've learned in life and how it's shaped us. Is that as a relationship or like in just life? I think in each of our lives separate. We can also do relationship. You got to go first. Okay. Biggest lesson I've learned in life and how it's shaped me. Um, Many lessons. That comes from moving city to city to city. I think one thing is your intuition is not wrong. And if you feel something is wrong or right in your heart, then follow it and listen to it. And that comes with pursuing your dreams, comes with avoiding certain relationships, whether it be friends or dating or any of that, red flags, just always listen to what your intuition is telling you. So smart. I moved, yeah, I moved to Chicago. I felt it in my heart. It was right. Felt in my heart when I had to leave, when my time was up there, felt like LA was the right move for me, even though it sucked, but knew that I had to be there to get to my next step. Felt it when Nashville opportunity came to me during COVID to move here and don't regret moving here. It was the perfect, I, you know, perfect man, perfect, perfect man. Perfect Everybody, timing. let's be honest. Dallas totally moved here for me. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says and what she says about a lot, but she saw this amazing Nashville boy mm-hmm. and she was like, I like him. I like him. <laughs> He's a country boy. I was done with those actors, bougie men in L.A. Yeah, I'm pretty much the most unbougie person you'll ever meet, mm-hmm. unfortunately, for Facts. Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Yeah, I think that's my piece of advice. And, yeah, that's shaped me a lot. And to stick up for yourself. I never used to stick up for myself. I had people walk all over me, talk down to me, mistreat me, you know, and I never want What's to her step. names and numbers and addresses? <laughs> oh, I would love to give you some because <laughs> there's <laughs> just kidding. But yeah, just stick up for yourself and know that you're worthy of having a great life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Top that. Well, I just turned 30. So this isn't topping it. This is just what I, the advice I gave my brothers the other day. I said, forgive yourself. That's the number one thing that I wish I did earlier in life is just mess up move on and forgive yourself and because like holding on to regret and and mistakes just can like tear you apart in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. it's like oh if that happened i would have done this why did i do this and it's like that's you can't change the past if you think about it we're like moving forward every second like this second gone there's nothing i can do about that and so just forgive yourself and let yourself move on and the other thing is that 
fear of missing out. FOMO is the worst thing ever. And it's also, it's totally instigated by like Instagram and all these social media things. It's like you like look at somebody's highlight reel and you're like, oh my God, I wish I was doing that, that, and that while you're doing this, this, and this. And the other person's looking at you saying, I wish you could do that, that, that while I'm doing this, this, and this. And it's like a horrible cycle because everybody's not content. And so the first thing that's happened to me in the past like two years that I've been like very thankful for is just I've slowly let go of FOMO and I've slowly just accepted what my path is and like what I do every night and what I do every day and what I do down the line. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, I'm not playing that show or I'm not writing with that writer or I'm not doing this, but you know what? I'm doing this. I'm putting out a song with Walker Hayes. I'm stoked about it. I'm putting out this thing. I'm going to Africa. I'm doing so many amazing things and I'm not going to let the amazing things I'm doing be watered down by wishing I was doing something else. And I refuse right. to let that destroy my life because that's what it does. It, it eats at you mm-hmm. and it takes away from experience. It takes away from moments that you're with your family. And to me, that's like the most heartbreaking thing is like sitting with my parents at brunch and like wishing I was somewhere else. And that's what I want to, I stopped doing. I, I refuse to do it nowadays. Right. Um, and for me, that's also just like not looking at my phone as much. And I mean, if I'm looking at my phone, it's usually just looking at myself or Dallas's Instagram now. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, Wait, what does that mean? Looking at my Instagram <laughs> on your phone? Yeah, I, I, I just stalk you, you all day. You stalk me? Yeah. So. I love stalking you. It's my You're the one taking all the photos. I know, but I like to see my art. Um, That's so a good yeah. one. So FOMO and, and uh, letting things go. I think awesome. those are two really important things. And then also just like realizing that friends and family are the two most important things. Mm-hmm. It's not about anything else in this world other than that. Mm-hmm. And self-love. And puppies. And puppies. <laughs> well let's see five more questions what's your favorite thing about each other's personalities i love watching you be happy i think when you're happy you are the most contagious person to be around and it just like exudes happiness around you so i don't know if that's a personality trait but when you are happy you are like a radiating light around people and you're funny and you're inspiring and everybody who meets you loves you. And I'm always like baffled by it. Like Aww. literally just like when I first met you, I was like, you are freaking light. And it just was awesome. Oh, that's nice. That's so sweet. I know. I try. I've been working on that one for a while. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess I have to answer for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, are, what are we doing here? <laughs> I just reread it and it was about each other's personalities. No, this is, or, a, st- is this a, the time you compliment me? Uh, <laughs> just keep giving me compliments. I think for you, gosh, between being super hilarious, you make me laugh every day, all the time. He, I, I know that you kind of have a checklist whenever you meet someone, like the things that are really important. And someone that can make me laugh is one of the top three for sure. And then I'm like not funny. Also, it was just hilarious. You, that's to what's me. so funny is you don't think you're funny, but you are hilarious. <laughs> it's like, what? What is funny? Like just my face? I don't understand. No, you do like funny accents and yeah, they're hilarious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do them on accident. <laughs> it cracks me up. And um, I say you're driven, and you're always pushing me to do more, and you're always finding ways to make. We're both the same when it comes to not wanting to just sit and do nothing. Like we, right. we really are uneasy when it comes to relaxing a little bit. Yeah. And we're always trying to push each other and be each other's motivators, which is really important in a relationship. So yeah, I'd say that is a big personality trait that I enjoy. 
Was that a good Thank one? Thank you. Okay. I mean, mine was way better, but those were... Crap. I <laughs> <laughs> was like, yeah, you're, you're okay. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> she loves me, everybody. I just, on this podcast, uh, I want to remind you that my girlfriend loves me a lot. I do. <laughs> I just think that's something that sticks out. Also, how much you adore your family and friends and are not selfish when it comes to their feelings and the one and your loved ones i think it's super important okay what are three things on your bucket list three things on my bucket bucket list i'm doing one of them next week what are you doing africa oh yeah that's 100 percent my bucket list um my bucket list or your bucket list your bucket list because I thought we were talking about me today. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to give you extra time to um, think. <laughs> no, I, I want to play Red Rocks. That's awesome. The venue in Colorado. That's one of my main things. I want to go to Japan and actually eat sushi. Mm. Like, I want to try some legit best sushi in the world. Not just like Nobu. I want to go sit at like a freaking Japanese thing where there's like four seats. And we're like in the alleyway in Japan and eat some sushi. That's amazing. And then I also want to see a panda, like a live panda in real life. <laughs> oh my God, that's cute. Like I, I want to go to China and see a panda. Oh, he has a panda on his arm. Yep, it's my tattoo. But okay. no, I, I always wanted to see that. So I hope. Can you imagine holding a baby panda? <gasps> I don't know if you're allowed to hold them, but Probably if I was, not, yes, so nice. obviously, yes, I would do that. But so I, I don't want to see it at a zoo. I've seen them at zoos. I want to see one like just chowing down some bamboo in the <laughs> wild. <laughs> I want to see a koala. Like that can happen. We can just go Australia sometime. Yeah, perfect. What is your favorite place or where is your favorite place to play on the road and your dream venue to play? I guess you just answered Red, Red Rocks. Rocks. Um, Madison Square Garden. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Chicago is like my favorite city to tour in. Mm-hmm. Um, I've played just so many shows there. But quickly behind it is both Milwaukee and Grand Rapids. So those are two of my other favorite cities to tour in. Awesome. Um, I kind of like love that Midwest area. I mean, I just We're rowdy. Y'all rowdy. They, like the country music scene is so fun there because y'all just like love good music, mm-hmm. and I really appreciate that about about um, Chicago. I think they like are the funnest people to play for. Um, I'm excited for a tour that I'm going on. I can't really talk more about this, but there's a show in Columbus that's happening, and I've never played a show in Columbus. Ooh. So. So fun. I can't wait to see you play. So excited. I'm so excited. I can't believe you've never seen me play. It's I like know. ridiculous. Even though now I don't even remember how to play. I'm like, <laughs> we're supposed to do like 30 shows this fall and I'm coming back from Africa and like literally hitting the road. Oh my gosh. Um, it's including be so weird. By the time this airs, I'll have said that I'm playing like Vegas on the 27th and I'm really excited about that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can't go to that one. I know. It stinks. Last question. You ready? Why do you sound so tired? Oh, sorry. You have to sound more excited. Last question. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready to go. How like, do last you... question. Last... Last... It's last hot question. in this room. It's not even that hot. <laughs> Steamy. <laughs> it's hot because the, the chemistry. The chemistry. All right. How do you strive every day? Oh, my God. <laughs> How do I strive every day? I can't believe you didn't ask me any workout questions. Oh. You know, you know that kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. I did get one. Because I actually someone... am... Like, I do work out almost every day of my entire life. That's true. I should have asked about your fitness. Okay. Well, Especially because I'm, I'm an artist that, like, is kind of, like, kind someone, of shape. Someone <laughs> did <laughs> send in this question, and I didn't put it down because I was like, oh, it's kind of a weird one. But out of your whole band, who can deadlift the most? <laughs> that was Charlie Berry was asked that, that question. <laughs> yes. He's 
He played defensive end at SMU and is probably the strongest man I've ever met in my life. Oh my gosh. Um, How do you, okay, I'll ask you a fitness question. How do you, thank you. balance? Because <laughs> now everybody's like, I, I talk about food. <laughs> I know. And food. <laughs> and okay. Food. <laughs> so how do you balance work, fitness, life? And especially on the mm-hmm. road, how do you stay fit? Um, Planet Fitness. <laughs> Honest to God. Uh, no, one of my favorite things to do on the road is I wake up in the morning super early and I go on a long run. And it's my favorite thing to do because like, I have this one memory of we traveled to Seattle. We got there and me and my guitar player, we just ran around the entire city of Seattle. And it was like we ran through some sketchy areas, but also it was just like it's like a tour of the city and getting to know the places and like just see things that you wouldn't expect. Um, so it's like super immersive to go out and just like walk out the hotel room first thing in the morning and just run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. And even now, like you know, I love running. That's like mm-hmm. my new favorite thing. And I love doing it when it's like kind of hot out. Yeah. Um, but I think it's kind of just like when I get to a city, I like to find out my favorite their favorite restaurant, everybody's favorite restaurant. I'm like, where where do you eat? And then also love just to go on a run, yeah. a long run. And drink beer. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> I don't drink beer. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> Another question I didn't put on here was, what's your favorite beer other than Bush Light? Wow. Um, you don't know this one, but Spotted Cow. And you can only buy it in Wisconsin. Oh, Mc- I thought you were going to say McUltra. No. That's not my other favorite. Mm-hmm. My, my, like, if I had to choose a beer to have my last supper with, it would be Spotted Cow. Okay, so how do you strive? I'll make it more um, specific. Cool. How I'm do more you excited. S- how does Levi Humman, super rock star, <laughs> mega babe boyfriend, strive every day to be fit slash healthy and to just be your best self? Yeah. Uh. Fit and healthy is I date a girl that's really obsessed with being healthy. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I do. There you go. Um, And I I run every day. I used to box for about two years, CrossFit for two and a half years, Um, played collegiate lacrosse, high school lacrosse. So I've always been active. Um, Before that, I was a skateboarder. And then how do I be my best self is I kind of like stress out a lot. And I think stress and anxiety used to be my enemy, but now it's like my motivator and it's like my superpower. And so being able to like use self-talk, motivation, um, and just experience to make sure that anxiety doesn't take over my life and it helps motivate me to be a better person. Um, And I think for a lot of people that have anxiety, it's like really important to know that that could also be something that just motivates you and it's telling you, hey, get out of bed. Hey, go write a song. Hey, don't drink tonight. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, I've been like probably the most productive I've ever been in my entire life recently. And just taking those moments where I could be lazy and just playing a song and like writing a song. So that's what I do. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks. I love you. I love you. You're beautiful. I appreciate this. You're handsome. You owe me. We're gonna make everyone throw up. <laughs> <laughs> You're cooking dinner tonight, babe. I can't wait to be in Africa with you right now. Technically, everyone's listening to this while we're in Africa. Awesome. So. Well, I hope we're alive. And if we are, we cannot wait to share pictures with you. And um, here's something that Dallas doesn't know is that Africa is going to blow her mind. Woo. I mean, you don't come back the same. It's going to just completely change you all for the better. 
seeing animals in their like literal natural habitat changes your perspective on earth mm-hmm. um and i need that reminder too right now so i'm really 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 excited to share that with you i'll probably do a single episode on my reflection of africa what i've learned and how i'll probably suggest other people go do the trip so yeah we'll see but awesome thank you everyone for your questions tell them where to follow you <laughs> at Levi Hummin. <laughs> no, fa- uh, follow me. I think at this time when you air this, my new single will be out. Yes. So I'm going to promote that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, go listen to my new single, single, Paying For It, featuring Walker Hayes. It's so good. Um, a little bit of 90s country. That sounded good, I think. You're welcome. Oh, also, uh, if you listen to Dallas's intro track, it was made by me. Oh, yeah. If you like the little jungle yep. intro track, that was him. Yep. It was all him. Alrighty. All right. See you in a sec. <laughs> see, see, see you in a second. Let's go get some food. Food. <laughs>